Welcome to the UIAAA Connection Podcast. Hometown Ticketing is proud to be the exclusive sponsor of the UIAAA Connection Podcast and to provide schools nationwide with the best options for digital ticketing for their events. Visit their website at hometownticketing.com to learn how they can make digital ticketing possible and simple at your school. Thank you to Hometown Ticketing for their exclusive sponsorship of the UIAAA Connection Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the UIAAA Connection. I'm your host, Mark Hutch Hunter. Today we have as our special guest, Tom Sherwood, principal of Brighton High School. Welcome to the podcast, Tommy. Happy to be here. Let me uh, also mention uh, that uh, Tom Sherwood is a when I say the first principal, we've had a couple of superintendents that have been principals before, but this is the first sitting principal we've had on the podcast. So oh. you're in rarefied air. So let's have you begin, Tom, by sharing where you grew up, where you went to college, your first job, et cetera. So I grew up uh, right on the border of Riverton and Bluffdale at the time when I was growing up there. It was a pretty rural area. Um, everybody still knew everybody. I attended Bingham High School, uh, graduated from Bingham in 1989. Um, out of high school, I, I, I bounced around a bit in my educational path. I, uh, I went to Dixie College right out of high school, served an LDS mission to Brazil, came home, went to the U, ran out of money, went back down to Dixie, finished my associates, went back to the U, um, and then uh, decided to go into education and went down and finished my degree in um, biology education at Southern Utah University with a chemistry minor. Um, later went back to get my master's degree at the University of Utah in 2001. So um, first jobs, do you mean like education jobs or job jobs? Uh, let's do both. Well, my earliest job I remember is laying sewer pipe for my uncle's construction company when I was 13. Um, don't know if that was OSHA compliant, but it, 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 was, <laughs> it was the 80s. So uh, um, raised on a farm, you know, uh, just did whatever was necessary. Um, learned how to work hard from my family and relatives. Um, first uh, job in education was teaching chemistry at Snow Canyon High School in St. George, Utah. Um, taught there for a year. And then uh, wife decided since we just had our first son that she wanted to be closer to family. So we moved up to Salt Lake and I taught for a year at uh, Bingham High School, my alma mater. And then I was uh, transferred over to Brighton High School, taught there for four and a half years. So I was a classroom teacher for six and a half years. And then I entered into administration. I've been in administration for the last 21 years. So interesting story that you'll appreciate tommy i have a master's degree went through college went through high school never ever have i taken a chemistry class not <laughs> yeah. one oh yeah i can't say that you know it's definitely it's it's nice to know but it's it's definitely not a requirement no. yeah well it's uh Somehow I got out. Of, I don't know how I filled my science requirement in high school, but I didn't have the chemistry. So let's talk for a minute about 
your participation in youth sports out in the Riverton uh, Luffdale area? I, uh, you know, you know, at the time, you, you know, this, you know, everybody played outside all day long. You know, our, our summers were filled with, you know, bas- uh, neighborhood basketball games. Anybody that could come would, would, would play. Uh, we played tackle football. Um, we played, uh, you know, pick up baseball, a lot of uh, hot box. Just anytime we could pick up a ball and play, we'd pick up a ball and play. And uh, when I got old enough to play organized sports, I, I played everything I could. You know, I played county or rec league baseball, rec league basketball, youth conference football. Um, I really enjoyed my time playing uh, youth sports. Um, I was actually uh, an early bloomer. I, uh, uh, when I was uh, 12, 13, I was on a AAU basketball team that we were actually a really good basketball team. Um, I was on there with Kenneth Roberts and a couple of the Tebs boys, and, and we, uh, we, we, we won the state AAU um, that year as, as a 13-year-old AAU program, um, but I played center. And at the time I was, you know, six foot tall and 220 pounds for a 13 year old was a pretty dominant center. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it didn't, didn't translate well to the high school game. You know, they weren't looking for six foot centers at the, at Bingham high. So in my youth, yeah. I was a pretty competitive basketball player in high school. I only played football, um, uh, enjoyed my time in high school sports, two year varsity starter actually had an opportunity to play, um, post high school sports, but, uh, decided not to. Um, I had a scholarship offer to Dixie College, but um, didn't work out. I was going on a mission and they wanted me to redshirt. We just decided to part ways. So, um, but I had a great experience in high school athletics. So you're telling me that the dominant six foot, 200 pound center in the sixth grade doesn't compute to the six foot, 200 pound center in the ninth grade. No, it does, not. It does not. <laughs> In fact, you know, for, for as challenging as it was, um, looking back, I, I, I respect the conversation, but the, the freshman basketball coach cut me. Um, I was a very good freshman basketball player. Um, in fact, I think I probably had the most impressive tryout. I think I led tryouts. I had the most rebounds. I think I had the most points, um, played very well, just assumed I was going to be on the freshman basketball team. And he pulled me aside and uh, I'll, I'll never forget. He said, Hey, Tommy, how long you been shaving <laughs> as a freshman in high school? And I said, I don't know, a couple of years. And he said, you know, you're not getting any bigger. Right. And I said, well, yeah, probably not. And he says, well, he said, uh, you know, you're a really good freshman basketball player, but we're trying to build a varsity program here. So I'm going to, I'm going to cut you to try to keep some kids that we think might develop into some taller prospects later in later in life. And uh, it was a tough lesson at the time for a 14 year old, 15 year old kid. But, you know, I respected that he had the conversation with me. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Let's have you share with our audience now some of the mentors you've had in your life that made a, a big difference in your educational path. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good question. You know, I I, uh, I had some really good high school teachers that I think impacted me and at least, you know, kind of got me on uh, the idea of, of being uh, uh, being involved in education. I I really, Scott Crump was a Bingham fixture. He was a great classroom teacher. Doug Richards was my math teacher, outstanding math teacher. Um, 
I, uh, my, one of my, one of my good friends, father, um, his name was Paul Kerchiever and he was an administrator in Jordan district for a lot of years. And had the opportunity to talk to him a little bit about what he did for a living. And, and it sounded like an interesting gig. So um, my father, of course, was a big mentor in my life. Uh, you know, I, it was, uh, I was every bit, a, a, you know, a Gen X kid. They didn't put up with a lot of crap back then. You know, you got <laughs> pretty short leash. Yeah. Um, but uh, he taught me how to work hard, taught me the importance of, you know, honesty, integrity, and, and uh, it, it's really carried me a lot. Um, I've worked for some, I've worked with some great educators um, in my career. I've worked for some, a lot of principals that, you know, I learned from uh, in, in my career. Um, I, I worked for Robert Sproul here at Brighton High School, and he and I don't have a ton, ton in common necessarily, but I definitely learned from him. Um, I, uh, I've learned from people in this district. I've known Bob Dowdle, who's retiring this year for 20 years. And again, he and I don't necessarily have the same leadership style, but I've definitely learned a ton from him over the past 20 years. So, uh, you know, I think, I think you got to take the good and the bad in everybody that you work with and, and learn from it. But uh, I tell you what, there's no shortage of fantastic people in education. Um, so one of the things I like most about my job is, is the people I get to work with on the day to day. They're just, just for the most part, just really high quality individuals. Very good. Let me ask you this. I know you've talked about the uh, cut from the freshman team, but let's not count that. Let's say what's your biggest failure or disappointment in life and what did you learn <laughs> from it? Yeah, that wouldn't be my biggest. That was pretty small <laughs> potatoes. That's a great question. Um, I, uh, you know, I, 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 I failed a lot, but I've succeeded a lot as well. I think, uh, you know, um, I, I would say over the past few years, there, there've been a few jobs I've been interested in and applied for and, and, and didn't get, um, and I'm not going to be too specific about that, but, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, you think the think you think that you have everything that they're looking for, and you think that you're, you know, uh, uh, the, the the best candidate, but um, but but sometimes you're not, and I think yeah, have, I think you have to be humble enough to to recognize what you know, what 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 things do I need to change or improve upon to to make myself more um, more marketable or or a better fit, and you know, it's easy to stand back and say you know, oh, you know, they don't know what the hell they're doing, um, you know, their loss. But I think if you really want to have a, you know, the right growth mindset about things, you have to always look inward and and think, you know, what what could I do differently? Where do I need to improve? What what where do I need to work harder? Um, and I think use those those failures as an opportunity to, to inspire growth. So very well said. I'm interested in this next answer. I want to know what it is that makes a teacher that's been in it for six years at a couple, three different high schools, and all of a sudden you decide uh, you want to become a one of them and go into administration. <laughs> you know, I don't know if this is common, but I actually, uh, I actually got into it with administration as my goal all along. Okay. Uh, in fact, that same uncle that I laid sewer pipe and water line for when he, when he asked me what I wanted to be, I said, I want to be a high school principal. 
And uh, that was probably in my early 20s, working for him at that point. And uh, um, the, the, I, this is my 15th year being a high school principal. And this, this, is, this was actually the end game. Um, I, uh, I don't know what it was I thought was going to be exciting about it. But um, at a very young age, I decided that was a path I wanted to take. And uh, so as far as that goes, you know, mission, mission accomplished. But uh, it's uh, it's definitely not an easy job. It's changed in the 15 years that I've been doing it. And uh, I still enjoy it. It's still very satisfying, very rewarding. Um, but it's definitely full of daily challenges as well. So let me ask you a follow-up. You mentioned just a moment ago that the job has changed since you first got it 15 years ago. So share with our audience some of the things that are different about being a principal now than 15 years ago. And don't go to COVID because that's a whole. No, no, that's no, a that's a whole different thing. volume. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, when I started, principals were expected to be effective managers. You know, they were expected to, you know, hire teachers, fire teachers when necessary, manage the budgets, you know, hire coaches, manage an athletic program. Um, and, you know, that, that was kind of the, the main part of their job and 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 that's still the main part of my job but in the last i would say decade they've just they just added things to that you know now we're expected to be um curricular um leaders as well i'm supposed to know the best ways to teach math science social studies I'm supposed to help teachers develop their you know pedagogy and to and to become better educators i'm supposed to know what it is they need to do to improve um We've social media and email has made us accessible by anyone. Um, yeah, you know, it, it used, used to be people had to call my secretary to make an appointment with me um, or, you know, uh, or, or, or call me personally. And now I get 100 emails a day um, and the amount of time I spend responding to directly to public about those emails is is it, it has grown so much. Um, you know, there is no hierarchy anymore. Everybody has direct access to the principal all the time. Um, and it really has made it very difficult to manage our time. Um, you know, the, 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 they didn't take anything off of our plates um, as, as the demands on our time have changed. And I would say average high school principals in the state of Utah probably work between 60 and 75 hours a week. And that's normal um, on a busy week. It, it gets worse. So um, it, it really is a high time demand job. So absolutely. And and so another follow up would be now I realize that you've never been an athletic director per se. I know you've worked with different ones, <laughs> myself being one yeah. of them. So go back to when so go back 20 years to when you first got to be an assistant principal and you began working with uh, well, back it was me back then but uh, other ADs. So you talked about how the job of principal is different. So how is the job of an AD different in the past 20 years from your perspective? Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I keep tabs on that pretty well. Um, and it's changed substantially. Um, the, uh, you know, back in the day, the AD was just there to kind of set up the chairs and the, and the scores table and to make sure we had people there to keep score or to run the scoreboard or, or to, you know, make sure we got the officials names so we could get them paid. It wasn't, it wasn't nearly the job it is today. Um, 
you know, with a lot of recent legislation and uh, and um, pressure put upon the Board of Education, um, you know, the amount of the amount of uh, checks and balances that we put into place on all of our coaches has become a, a full time job for somebody at a at a large comprehensive high school to make sure that every individual you're putting on the field or on the court with kids is has all their certifications, all their training, their concussion, their first aid, their um, uh, background checks, and um, and it's gotten to the point where you, you can't you, you can't uh, miss. You know, if if you if you happen to be the athletic yes. director that that lets somebody out there with a kid who who has a background or who didn't do his concussion training, and then something happens, you know that that you're the first person they're going to come to and say, hey, you know, how what, what happened? Um, the the uh, the expectations, the the demands of the job. And the um, the repercussions for you know not not doing your job have, have increased significantly over the past few years. No, I would agree with that. I I liken the high school setting to the principal is basically the owner of the team, and the AD is basically the general manager. And so, and it's go because, ahead. You know, I, I'm expecting a lot more of my ADs than I did 20 years ago. I. I uh, I, they're, they're, it's a full-time job now. They don't. I don't expect them to teach. I expect them to do their athletic director duties all day, um, and it and it keeps them busy all day. No, no question. Yeah. So, the uh, I would say that the two people in the building that uh, put in the most hours every week are going to be the principal and the AD. So, thank you for that. So, since we're on the topic, let's talk about your perspective. Uh, a couple of ideas that what principals can do to help their AD be better and what ADs can do to help their principal be better? So there are a lot of principals who really don't know everything required of the athletic directors nowadays. Exactly. Mm -hmm. With register my athlete and all of the ins and outs of, of what's required of them. And, and especially if you're at a large high school that plays all of the sports um, the amount of time it takes to keep that all straight is significant. I think there's a lot of athletic directors that probably would benefit from sitting down with their principal, reviewing register my athlete with them, talking to them about, you know, about the, the, the size of job that is and the amount of time it takes. Uh, I feel like there are a lot of principals who don't have any idea um, what, what that end looks like. Um, and I think from the principal side, you know, the, the, the thing, uh, the thing that I try to spend time with on my athletic directors is helping them understand the the politics of high school athletics. Um, <laughs> yes, it's, uh, it's 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 as challenging as it's ever been. Um, you know, you have all these competing forces. You have the district, you have parents, you have other players, you have coaches, you have administrators. And and all those pressures are coming, you know, to bear on, typically on on the principal and and the athletic director, and they have to manage all those competing demands, and um, it, it it can be very stressful. Um, and I think helping them understand, uh, having them sit in on conversations with parents, and helping them navigate some of those uh, critical conversations to help them develop those skills, so they can have some of those conversations for you, take some of those things off your plate. Once you get them to a point where you trust that they can have those conversations, that's a that's not something that a lot of athletic directors come 
prepared to do is have some of those challenging conversations with parents. But I feel like it is a role they can help you fill if you can train them to where they can get to that point. Um, yeah. I also think that they need to understand that they, they are, they are, I mean, sure, I have four assistant principals, but my athletic director is a lot more present with my coaches. Um, you know, they're my eyes and ears. And um, I expect them to be honest with me and give me honest feedback about what's going on in my programs. You know, what's the culture like? What's the, what's going on at practice? You know, are the kids happy? You know, are they, are, is everybody being treated well? Um, yeah, I think it's important that the IED understands their role is that, I mean, everybody, I mean, coaches are important and we all need to keep them and, and, and respect them and, and make sure that we have good people in the building. But, you know, our first priority is to kids and make sure that the kids are having a good experience, that we're doing right by them, that they're safe, you know, social, emotionally and physically. And if there's, you know, things that need to be addressed as a school to address those, you know, the, the AD is your first eyes and ears to to help with that. So you need to make sure that there's a high level of trust there. Absolutely. Let me follow up. And I'm I'm hoping that you agree with this because it's been my mantra for the 30 years I was at Jordan. And maybe it's not fair for me to bring this to you because obviously I worked for you for a good percentage of the time and I worked with you as the assistant principal. But I've always, it's my, not my motto, but I've always said that a good AD is worth their weight in gold. And a bad one is an albatross around the principal's neck. <laughs> yeah. And, well, a good uh, AD can make all the difference. It really can. Um, I mean, high school athletics... It's such a big part of what high school principals do. Um, I mean, not to be cliche, but if I had parents calling me as much about, you know, math as I did about sports, <laughs> you know, it, I think maybe we'd have a little bit better success with math. But um, it, it, it's, I would say it's probably, it's more than 50% of the time I spend in a given week it will be will be with high school athletics. And if you have a good idea, it can really help minimize that to some extent. Sure. So let me, I know this isn't on the list of questions that I sent you. So from your perspective, obviously we're not going to name names or schools because I obviously, because I worked for you and I thought we had a great relationship and I let you know what was going on. But do you think more principals have come over to your side lately? And I realize I've been, I've been out of it nine years, or do you think there's some principals that still haven't really grasped the fact that the AD can make their life a whole lot easier. What's your perspective on that? Oh, that's a tough question. You know, um, I, uh, you know, it varies from district to district and then how, and how much, uh, how much they, how much each district or school leans on their athletic director and, and, and gives them, you know, kind of uh, purview over. Um, and I think some of that depends on the principal and who you can get to be your AD, you know, um, mm -hmm. there's a lot of variables, but I think, uh, I think principals who, um, I mean, there's, I know that a lot of principals who have turned their entire athletic program over to an assistant principal, if they feel that assistant principal is more suited to manage those types of affairs than the principal. And in many cases, that principal kind of functions as a co-AD and them and the AD work together. In that case, I think the AD's um, influence is a little more limited. Um, I think that uh, because of the politics I shared, some principals are hesitant to give their ADs too much of the of the responsibilities for fear that you know it's out of their control a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. 
but I do I do think that um, if principals could really buy into the value of training your ADs well and 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 being clear with your expectations and helping them to understand what what you value as a principal and making sure that they are acting according to your you know vision that they could be a real asset to you in your building if you would let them so it's just a matter of taking the time to to build that relationship and trust and and allowing them to to take over the reins for some of those things but i it's hard to say to what extent that's that's done statewide i know principals that rely on their ads 100 i know others who you know who don't but i, I as far as to what extent I, it's hard to say sure let's talk for a moment about your time you've had the unique opportunity let's say to i i bet you've been on the executive committee probably what 12 14 years now something like that so I think and that's I, and that, that's like a good that. amount of time and i i think that obviously helps you in your perspective on high school athletics and in dealing with your ad but uh talk about your time spent on the uh, the executive committee of the uhsaa and what a blessing that is um so i first got into it because i thought it would be interesting um and uh it was. And, and the first thing, you know, I came to realize, and this is something we say all the time, but I don't know if people really get it. Um, uh, principals all the time complain about the UHSAA. I don't know what the hell the UHSAA <laughs> thinks they're doing, you know. Principals and coaches. Principals and coaches. <laughs> yeah. and, and they don't realize really that, and, and this sounds cliche, but it is the truth, that we are the UHSAA, that there are systems right. in place that if you don't, like the way something is there there's a way to change it and and there really are good systems in place to address you know concerns if you have them and they're never going to make everybody happy um you know there's i think 100 we're going on 140 plus member schools i think at this point and yeah uh, you know you're never gonna it's, it's really difficult in a state this size with with six classifications with the needs of of urban, suburban, and rural schools to to have a system that works for everybody, but but they really do try. It's a it's a very open environment. Um, you know, people people have a an opportunity to have a voice. Uh, we listen to coaches, we listen to principals. Um, you know, everybody that wants a seat at the table has a seat at the table. It's just a matter of really being willing to take the time to get involved and to and to and to uh, listen and to compromise. You know, some people think that. If they, if they take something the UHSA and they don't get their way, that the UHSA is broken, well, maybe maybe they don't know as much as they think they know, you know. So <laughs> that's hard to say, but there is a, there is a good system, and uh, I feel like the executive committee working in tandem with the board of trustees. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty solid arrangement. So, um, I people who question. Uh, what goes on there? My my encouragement would be for them to get involved. Um, it, it, that that really has made all the difference. It's good people that are trying trying their best all the time. Great comment. Do you have any humorous stories that come to mind in the, the fourteen <laughs> years that you've been there? Well, uh, I don't know. There's been uh, it, there there have been plenty of, of funny things. I think um, the 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 ones that I probably think are the funniest are probably a little sensitive, you know, sit, I've sat in on a lot of, uh, 
ejection hearings. Oh, yes. And it's always, interesting. it's always interesting to hear some coaches perspective on, on why they got ejected, you know, and, and, and that there's still coaches out there that, that think it's a tactic. Um, I'm going to get it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to behave so poorly that I'm going to get ejected. So my team will know that I love and support them. Um, I, I really don't think that's the tactics we should be using in our current right. environment. Um, I that's think funny. I think there's probably better tactics. So well, they 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 say that, and I know I've said on a couple of hearings with you, but yeah, I got ejected, so my team knows I love them. Yeah, they know you love them for the game that you're not going to be coaching them next yeah. time. Yeah, just uh, um, or the know. varsity coach, the varsity basketball coach that's sitting at the end of the sophomore bench and gets ejected. Yeah, and I say, coach, you think that's okay to get ejected in a sophomore game? And it, I, it's kind of then when they don't have an answer to you that uh... yeah no it's uh and i think um you know and, and i'm glad you brought that up i think something else that we need to realize is that is that more than ever our cultures are are really dictating the future of high school sports in utah i don't think people realize we have half the officials we did a decade ago right mostly absolutely sports. and the biggest reason for that decline is 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 poor behavior at games and it's not the kids um, I, I, I'll be the first to admit that kids can get unruly from time to time, but we have things to, to do to, you know, deal with the kids. It's the parents that are the challenge at, at a lot of these sporting events. And, and I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a parent and say, Hey, you can't talk to an official like that. And they've basically said, no, I can't. It's my God given right. If they're, if they're going to be an official they're, they're they signed up to get yelled at. And I don't, <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how we can change that mindset, you know, and that, you that, tell that, them that, you, that isn't it's what your... they signed up for. Yeah. You say it's your God-given right to escort them out of the game since exactly you're the one that right. issued the ticket. Yeah. yeah, so That's great. Okay, the burning question, at least to me, I'm not sure for the rest of our nation or the rest of our audience across the nation is, when exactly is it do we get to call you Dr. Tom? Well, it's been a, it's definitely been a long process. Um, you'll be happy to know I've applied for graduation in April. Oh, I like so, it. Yeah, so I should walk in April. I should... Uh, defend sometime this spring um so the the the, the horizon the end is on the horizon so. so when you when you attend the ui triple a conference in april will it be premature to call you dr tom or probably will we have to wait probably, for another probably, week? probably a couple weeks premature so okay yeah. yeah all right tommy share with our audience what's the favorite part of your job it's uh it's it, it, it it's the kids um you know, as much as people talk about, you know, kids nowadays are different. Sure, in, in some ways they are, but but they're really not. They're still just kids. Um, they're still really fun to be around, by and large. There's so much goodness in them. Um, they they really are here to to learn. They're here to grow. They're here to uh, make connections with adults that care about them, and to be a part of their lives in a meaningful way during these formative teen years when they're in high school has just been such a privilege and it continues to be that um, they're not that much different than they've ever been. And uh, it, it, it is, it is, it's what's made, you know, my, my job worth doing, you know, you know, I'm, every day is full of challenges. You know, I, I bet I've had two phone calls today where the person on the other, other end was, was not too happy. Um, but uh, you know, th those things you navigate and you work through them and you problem solve, but, but, it, you know, you keep coming back because you go walk the halls and, 
and talk to kids and 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 you know interact and it, it and it makes it worthwhile. So very good. Thanks for sharing that. Let's finish up with a couple of questions, Tommy. The first being you have two suggestions for a brand new athletic director and they need to follow Tommy's suggestions in order to be successful. What would those two suggestions be? Um so the first would be to build positive, appropriate relationships with the athletes in your building. Um, they need to know that you're a place, a safe place that they can come if they if they need, you know, if they if they need to talk to somebody, they they need to know you care about them. Um, you know, I, I love to see, you know, I mean, you 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 get this, Hutch. I've seen you get this. Yeah. I've seen Lynn get this. You know. 30 30 35 year old woman in the supermarket comes up to him and and you know hugs him and uh you know yeah and uh and you just know that they had a great relationship when they were when they were when they had that ad student relationship together and i emphasize appropriate you know and um mm -hmm. and, uh I, th I think that's really important that, that the ad knows the athletes enough to to know what's going on and, and help manage their experience in a, in a positive way and the second thing would be get to know your coaches, get to know their character, get to know, you know, what they're about, get to know their coaching style and make sure that you're putting good people with kids. Um, you know, it's hard for a principal to see all the things that are going on in the building. Um, it's easy to sometimes let friendships get in the way of making good sound decisions, but I would say get to know your coaches well, um, know what kind of character they have, know, make sure they're good for kids and, uh, so that would be that would be the two things that are both related to relationships. Get, get good relationship with the kids and get good relationships with your coaches. Well said. Thanks for sharing that. The last question is soon to be Dr. Tom. What questions should I have asked you that I failed to ask you? Oh boy. Um, that's a hard one. I think you've asked me some good questions. Um, maybe, maybe what is the most challenging aspect of my job? All right, then what is the most challenging aspect of your job it, in 2023? It, it it is it is managing all of the all of the forces um that are that are constantly at the door of public education. Um you know, I have I have the expectations from my school district and my school board. I have expectations from my parents, I have expectations from my teachers, the students, um, legislature, um Everybody has a different agenda on what they think schools should be and then how they think they should be run. And and um, and I think that principals across the state and across the country are really putting them in the middle of that. And it's becoming um, unmanageable. I think there was a time when people had, you know, some trust in schools, some trust in principals. Um, and uh, I feel like that's 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 waning a bit. Um, I still think there's a lot of people who trust their local schools and trust their principals, but there's a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, people with agendas out there um, on every side of the issue and then principals are stuck in the middle and it's, it's becoming very difficult for them to navigate, um, you know, everybody's uh, agendas. So that's the most challenging part. That's well said. And on that note, that wraps up this edition of the UI AAA connection. Again, our guest today has been Tom Sherwood, Principal Brighton High School. Thanks, Tommy, for being on the show today. Thanks, Chuck. Appreciate for it. Our, for our listeners, we hope you tune in again next week for another edition of the UI AAA Connection. 